Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It's another Thursday night and time for another episode of the Viewer's Voice. It's a light crew tonight, just Gav and myself manning the show, but uh, I think we've got a pretty good amount to talk about. Gav did a good show last night with Emmett. It's always fun to go through seven goals in a post-match. Yeah. Um, what can I say? Uh, I put myself forward and Emma put himself forward and then we got a 7-1 win, so... Um, I don't know, look, Kevin, Chris will be back on Sunday, I think, after the Man City game, so it's all good. But no, it was, it was a good win last night. It was one that we needed, and we need to push on now. You know, it's all very well getting out of the Champions League group, and that's great. It's something to focus on, but we need, we definitely need some, um, we need to show some league form. We really need to show some league form starting Sunday. Yeah, and just, just to link a few performances together. Like, it'd be nice just to get three, four games in yeah. a row where, you don't have to worry about her. We're falling back into bad patterns again. Um, I mean, you can obviously can't say too much more about the ins and outs of last night's game. Haven't done a show, but uh, I'll give my two cents to get started on it. Uh, first half, real bad. But I, at halftime, I said into the Telegram group, I said, if that's the best the Rangers have against us, now that Golding, like as soon as Golding went off to me, that was the turning point of the game. They lost their best defender and had to bring on an 18-year-old kid. And then they just ran out of legs. Like it's, I was confident at half at halftime. You said you were confident after we got the second goal, but even at one-one, I felt that if Rangers were going to pose us trouble, it was going to be in the first half. My pre-match prediction was we'd win four-one, but they'd score first. And for about forty-two seconds, I was looking pretty smart <laughs> with that four-one. But yeah. we just decided to keep piling it on. Yeah, we did, and you know something, um, you know a three-one. You know, I've I've kind of listened to a couple of podcasts this morning. Um, not so much because Liverpool had won seven one, just to see what people thought of it, you know. And from what I got out of it, people aren't taking an awful lot out of it. But and we could have stopped at three one because a lot of people I've listened to today felt that Rangers at three one just gave up the ghost, like you know that that's that's it now. But I think and we could have done that ourselves. And we make a three one and we make it a triple sub. I think um, straight after that goal. But I think yeah. getting four five six seven just. Maybe that's maybe that's a thing where you go three one to be a really good win, but this is really trying to really trying to get yourself going, you know. And it looks it looks a stroll at the end, and it is a stroll at the end. But 
I felt like the team needed it. I felt like the team needed to nearly familiarise themselves with what they're, what they're good at. And I yeah. think they, they showed that in the last the last 20 minutes or so, which is really good. Like Jota, Salah, um, all come on, you know, and, and they, look, they look good when they come on. And that's, what you, that's all you can ask for. You know, when you're in a tough, tough time, you get a good win. You want players to look a like the a bit like they have before, and that's what I seen a little bit last night. Not getting too carried away with it, but I seen that a little bit last night, which was good. Agreed, dates. I I'm not getting too. Uh, I mean, the nine nil against Bournemouth. That guy. I was a little bit more carried away about mm. what that could mean for our season going forward. You know, once bitten, twice shy. I guess is a thing. But like, I uh, I rewatched the first twenty minutes and then the last half, uh, the last forty five of the game here just. Instead of watching the Europa League, I couldn't be bothered. There wasn't mm. a single game that jumped out to me in that roster. So uh, we weren't great in the second half. It's just I. it feels like the ball fell to us a lot. So like, a few of the things I noticed like, in the first half, we just every time we wanted defensive header, they'd lump the ball forward because we were pressing pretty aggressively. Like the, the 4-4-2 formation, I think, works or the 4-2-4, whatever you want to call it. Like it was, there were many, many times when we were defending without the ball that we formed just this perfect little hexagon. You know, Elliot and Carvalho were way wide, dropped maybe a little bit deeper, and Firmino and Nunez were a level two at the top, and Henderson and Fabinho at the bottom. Like it was either 4-2-2-2 or 4-2-4. Like, and... It left a big gap in the middle of the park. Rangers weren't good enough to play through that, so they kept hoofing the ball over the top. And Kanate was a bit shaky in the first couple of minutes, but then he he quite settled in the game quite well. And Van Dyke was more Van Dyke, and they were front foot aggressive, first to jump to win the ball most of the time. But the headers were wayward, and it just it put us under a little bit of pressure. Like even their goal, like it comes from we have the opportunity to cut that play out with our center halves. You get a good header or the ball just goes out for a throw in. And then that little scramble doesn't happen and everybody's caught on their heels. And that's the sort of thing. It felt like that was happening a lot to us all season It's just little breaks aren't going our way. We're not making our own luck by just being sloppy in possession and turning the ball over too easily. And then in the second half, those things just seem to fell, like, especially for Jada and Salah when they both came onto the pitch was the little 50-50 balls all landed at their feet. You know, like Harvey's goal, Jada's shot could rebound anywhere. Mm. But it falls right to him. You know, one bounce, takes a touch, bang, into the back of the net. You know, nine times out of ten, that ball goes in any other direction and it doesn't go there. Mo's first goal, the ball over the top, we've seen him many times this year. I can't remember what game it was. It was the third, fourth week of the season maybe, where Trent – played a gorgeous ball over the top to Mo, and it landed at his feet like that ball does. Like you've seen 50, 60, 100 times of him taking that ball down. But this season, he's been, you know, kicking it right out of bounds or tripping over his own feet. And that one for his first goal, it just stuck. And then he did his little Mo thing in the box, and he made a tiny little bit of space, toe poke. He seemed to know where the corner of the net was again, as opposed to just missing that. So I think we, we scored a pile of goals without being blistering. Uh, but that, I mean, you need to do that to win some games and, uh, to bring it around to the topic I want to talk about tonight. I think for me, the big difference in the halves, except for obviously the changes that were made, but out of the teams that started the game, uh, I think the two kids came into it great for us. I think Fabinho and Harvey Elliott really 
really came into the game. They seemed to get kind of Carvalho bullied. and Harvey Elliott. You said okay. Fabinho. What did I say? Fabinho. Oh, Fabinho, yes. <laughs> I mean, Fabinho did did better as well too, but he couldn't have done a lot worse. Uh, yeah, Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott. Like, Fabio seemed like he was kind of getting bullied around on the ball a little bit in the first half. By the time the second half came around, he was having the confidence to take the ball, spin with it, and move it along to the next player in the middle of the pitch and get us moving upfield again. And it's answering for me a question that came up this season because I had very high hopes of Harvey Elliott coming into the season. I think a lot of people did. And Fabio Carvalho was that big question mark where, you know, when we were talking in the summertime before the season, nobody really knew where he was going to play. You know, you at some point were thinking he might deputize in for Luis Diaz playing left wing. I don't think he's really played very many minutes at left wing, really. I think this change of formation is going to help those two find their spot in the team. Because even even Harvey Elliott, like the the Derby just didn't work for him. Like he can't play in a two. He was having a tough time being defensive enough as the right sided midfielder in our team in a four three three. And it was, you know, is it is the defensive responsibilities too much for Harvey Elliott to play in that three man midfield? Well, in this new system, he it's just that much less responsibility for him by having the double pivot sitting in behind him. And I think it's the way that it's to go forward of getting them both to play. Cause eventually, you know, it might not be this season, might not even be next season, but at some point we want to see a team that has both Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott in it. You know, they are stars for the future for this team. So if we're going to integrate them into the team, they need to know how to work together. Uh, and to, for me, it worked. Uh, it, it really worked. And I was happy to see it, uh, especially for Fabio Carvalho, uh, it's getting hooked at halftime, you know, in the first half, it wouldn't have been surprising to have seen Klopp go, you know, revert to type and hook Fabio off and throw Milner in and make it a three man in the midfield. But he persevered with them. And uh, I was, I was quite impressed with it, but especially with the way that the formation seems to work for the players that we're ha- that we have. I said it last night. I, I was, I, I could, I could see, I could see, a situation where Carvalho does come off at halftime because it's not yeah. it has happened. I think it's happened maybe twice. He starts the derby, doesn't he? And he comes off at halftime. Um, yeah, he starts against Brighton. I think it comes on. It comes off at halftime. So maybe two or three times it's happened this season. And you know what? There's no like the way things are at the minute. Well, if you take a player off at halftime, it's like oh, Klopp hates him. Um, he's done, you know, and it's not the case. He's, he's a very young kid finding his way. And with all due respect to Fulham in the championship, this is a complete other level. You know, it's another level altogether. And, and the level of game you're playing, the level of team you're playing in, the pressure you're under to win every single game um, is huge. And, and I could have seen it last night where he changes it, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. And, you know, when you brought this up with me today, I was kind of going, and, and I did see a f- couple of comments in at the very start of the show saying, you know, they're not good enough to start for Liverpool and um, they need to develop their, their brilliant um, their, their brilliant prospects, but we don't, you know, it's not a place where we can we can blood this sort of thing. And, and yeah. I kind of get that. I, I do kind of get that because the pressure we're under, it's very, very hard to bring a player in so young and say, right, well, you're in our fourth team squad and you're going to be there all the time and be a regular starter. You know, Trent is probably the last one. You could look at Curtis Jones and, and you say to yourself, yeah, he's in and out of the squad, but, you know, the sort of positions these guys play in and the sort of players they are, they probably are looking to be 
regulars, regular football. And I think that's what swung it for Liverpool getting Cavalio. You know, that mm. he was going to be in the first team squad because we all know if he didn't sign with Liverpool, he was going to go off to the likes of a Borussia Dortmund or one of those and, and play. Um, and when you brought this up today, I was kind of looking saying to myself, well, where did he fit? You know, if you, if they are going to become regulars for Liverpool, it's a huge ask, first of all, mm-hmm. despite how big a talent they are. Where did he fit? And the Elliot one, I think Elliot has more options as to position-wise, but I think Carvalho has the opportunity to have more impact, if that makes sense, right? And what, what I mean by that is, we've seen Elliot in the midfield three, and I'm all right when I'm in there. You know, yeah. um, because we've cried out for a bit of creativity in our midfield for ages. And he's come in and he has been creative. And then people straight away go, oh, well, he doesn't work back enough and he doesn't do this enough and he doesn't do this enough. And you're like, well, we could put a Jordan Henderson type player there and you'll be telling me next week, well, he doesn't get enough goals and he doesn't get forward enough and he doesn't assist enough. And, he, you know, so you can't really make everyone happy. We've seen him in this four-two-three-one that I think it is actually. I think it's a four-two-three-one that we play. Although, you know, it does look like four-two-four a lot of the time because they want to get forward. Yeah. Firmino in particular that makes the whole tree a bit obsolete. And I look at him in that and I think, yeah, I, I, I think he's okay in that. I don't think he's in a four-three-three up front. I think because if we play four-three-three, we're looking for pace. Massive yeah. pace wide. So he has got their option in a 4-2-3-1. He also has the option to play a 10 in a 4-2-3-1, in my opinion. So he probably has three positions there that he can play in. And, you know, he's had some real highs with Liverpool. He's had a massive low with that injury that's kept him out a long time when he was on the cusp of becoming a proper regular in this side. So I'm okay with him. And where he is at the moment... And I think the actual makeup of the rest of the midfield is why people get nervous over this. I think if you had two more, two more quality midfielders in there, you wouldn't worry about this as much. With Carvalho, I don't see him in a midfield three. All right? I could see him in a 4-3-3 up front on the left-hand side. And I could probably see him in a 10. So he probably has two positions. Whereas Elliot, probably could, you could probably make an argument over three. But the thing with Carvalho is he glides with the ball. You know, and I think of a, a fully functioning Liverpool side with him in it, he could cause all sorts of problems. Like, I mean, all sorts of problems because he glides with the ball. He's very intelligent. His runs off the ball are really intelligent. He's a he's really good vision. Um, he has it all to be a top, top player, in my opinion, <laughs> Carvalho. But it goes back to where, where, where did he develop here? You know, because I think... Like I said, a fully functioning Liverpool side, you drop him in, you go, you start today. You know what I mean? You you start today and you'll be absolutely fine. Whereas I understand people go, oh, we're putting Carvalho in and we're not playing well because that's just natural. That's just human instinct. You know, the sort of way. But I don't agree. I don't agree. Um, I don't agree with people that say they, they aren't good enough to start for Liverpool. I think they are good enough to start for Liverpool. I don't think Klopp would have them there if they weren't. And I think if other players around them perform a little bit better, I think I think the world's their oyster. I, re- I really do. And and you know what? If you send either of them out on loan, um, I think you're 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 stunting the, the, their yeah. development because you're just basically saying to them, "We're in a bit of trouble here, and we don't trust you." So you go off there and come back, and we might be all right when you come back. So I think I think um, yeah, I th- I, I think. 
I think they really have both have a real future. I really, really do. I I dig the positivity, man, because I I can see it. Like one thing that to me I really like the idea of is that Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott, to a slightly lesser extent, have Tiago and Bobby Firmino in practice every day. Fabio Fabio Carvalho can communicate with those guys in his native tongue. Yeah, or maybe Portuguese isn't his native tongue, but he can certainly speak Portuguese and talk to those guys because he was making some of the moves in when we really started to to take the game away from Rangers last night. He started to make some moves that had shades of Firmino and had shades of Tiago about him. Like you said, like how he glides across where he's picking the ball up and turning a little bit. And it does come back to having that solid base. And I think that's why having the double pivot there and like probably one of Fabinho's better games. You know, it's not been a high bar this year. No. I mean, this season. You know, it it was one of his better games. Henderson had a decent game when Tiago came in. Tiago was playing a little bit more like Tiago. And with two of those guys in behind, I think one especially, or even in situations like this, you know, if you get uh, a dead rubber Champions League game against Napoli at home, absolutely. Throw them in there and let them go. Like that... I saw that conversation before the show got started in the uh, chat as well, too. And is Julian Alvarez, should he not be playing games for Manchester City? Is he too young to play for Man City? Like, did, just because they play for us, we have to, you know, doubt that our kids are going to be good enough because usually they don't make it. Like, sometimes the young starlet you have in your academy comes through and becomes a great player for you. And is it better to let them go and try to rack up $300 million in transfers trying to chase, you know, players like this in a couple of seasons? Like it's a difference between why didn't you get Jude Bellingham when he was 17? Why didn't you keep Bellingham from going to Dortmund? Well, yeah. now he's worth a hundred and some million. You know, if you would have got him then you would have, could have, should have. Maybe we don't sign Fabio Carvalho and he goes from Fulham to another team and then you end up having to pay 70 80 million for him or 60 million for him in a couple years down the road the team isn't overloaded with children you know we don't have if anything we have quite an old squad and we've got some good old heads in the squad as well too and i think to me it feels like at least that the forward planning of the team and you know plot building his second team and things like that is that these two are where he's going to start with that you know, I, I, they're, they're both 20 years old and younger sort of thing. Like the next generation of Klopp's team will, I think, be built around those two and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Well, Paul Smith says he thinks Carvalho will be the better player or will be, be the better, the greater player out of the two as he's naturally more gifted. Um, I think Carvalho's nicer on the eye than, um, than Harvey Elliott, but Harvey Elliott has a wand of a left foot. And, and I'll go back to it again. You know, if these two were in the side two years ago, right, we would have no issues because we'd be, we'd be there going, right, um, you know, Trent is on top, top form, Robertson, Van Dyke, Matip at the time. Um, you know, you had Henderson on great form. A genie, you had Fabi- a genie why now. Yeah, you had, you had so many players. You had Mane, you had Sally, you had, you had the thing. And we're yeah. in a little bit of a transition. And if we'd done this two years ago, you'd be like, oh, look at these two adding to the squad. Like, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be looking at it in a way where you're, not pessimistic, that's the wrong word, but where you're a bit nervous. Because 
all you'd be looking at is what a brilliant team and we're winning so many games and we're able to throw these lads on for half an hour or we're able to throw them in from the start or give them 45 or whatever it might be and they, they're in a brilliant environment to learn you know and we're two years down the road and we're like no worries over these they've shown it <coughs> where we are at the minute where we are at the minute is a little bit of a tough spot because players have lost form alright players are probably hitting a bit of a wall players are injured can't get them back in okay and you have these two guys that are possibly being asked to play too much football you know are being put into a team that that's not performing and and it's very easy to turn around and and look I'm not accusing any Liverpool fans of this but it's very easy to turn around and go oh yeah but you had Carvalho and you had Elliot like you know how are we meant to do this and I haven't seen Liverpool fans doing that because I've seen I've, I've seen most of the criticism going towards the more experienced players which is probably right but I think funny enough I think the players that Liverpool sign in the next 12 months and we'll get on to that later I think the, the the way Liverpool react to this period of time, the squad we have, it is starting to age a little bit. You can't you can't deny that because when you look at the when you look at the age profile of the team. But I think what what Liverpool do over the next twelve months, and it might even be signing someone that can play right hand side in the four two three one, or play as a number ten, or play as you know a wide left player. Um, I know Diaz is there, but someone that can do that, it might actually take that where these guys come in and push Elliot and push Carvalho. Right, and probably push them down the pecking order a little bit, but push them to the point where they're playing with a freedom. You know, they're not 19, 20 years of age. They need to play with a bit of a freedom. And at the moment, that's probably being hindered just because of this, where we are, you know, um, just because where we are at the moment. But you know what? If if someone else had Elliot and someone else had Carvalho, we'd be saying, you know what? Um, how did how did he get him and how did they get him and we'd be looking yeah. at it and we'd be looking on like if City brought Harvey Elliott into their side or Arsenal at the moment brought Carvalho in off the bench for Martinelli you know what I mean you'd, you'd be looking at it and you'd be saying jeez look at them two that they're bringing on they're only kids but they're in a flying team they're in a team that are flying and we'd be kind of looking on enviously we just need to hold an nerve a little bit with these two players and I'm not saying they've done nothing wrong but I think we need to we need to um we need to hold our nerve a little bit with these two players because I think I think both of them will come good. I think they'll find their, their area in this team. I think you're right. I think over a couple of years, you, you have to start looking to, to I wouldn't go as far as say build a team around them, but you will have to adjust your style to these type of players over the next couple of years, unless you're going to completely get rid of them in two or three years' time and decide when they're 22, 23, and they're not good enough for our signing A, B, or C. So uh, pay, a little bit of patience, Um a little bit more quality around them, a little bit more form around them, and that'll help them right now and and, and going forward. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a a big couple months in the development of these players because just due to the injuries and how we've been kind of forced into a situation where we're going to put formations out that can accommodate the both of them because the both of them in a three-man midfield right now is the most terrifying thing in the entire world. Mm. Like. We could lose that game fucking six nothing to anybody, you know, with those two in a three man midfield. But, uh, oh shit, completely lose my train of thought. You're okay. Yeah. It's uh, Curtis Jones. I mean, it's going to kind of lead us into our second one. So, uh, uh, but like the, the unfortunate, oh, yeah, the injuries to the kids is that they're going to get a lot of games. Like until the run of the World Cup, like we're, we're going to be seeing, unless they get injured. 
we're, I think we're going to be seeing a fair bit of Fabio and uh, Harvey playing. Probably not together all the time, but like I can see them being used because you mentioned their like their versatility, how they can kind of play a couple positions. And the guys that we do have, thankfully, are not can only play one position kind of players. You know, being able to move Jotter around, Bobby around, Darwin around, even Mo playing a lot more centrally last night, and then the two young kids. Uh, I think they're going to get a lot of minutes, so it could be a big, you know, couple of weeks here. We got six weeks left or four weeks left until we break for the World Cup. If they can go on a good run and consistently be in the team and be putting up, you know, seven out of tens every every night, it's really really big for them because I mean, if they work out, I think the team's going to be that much better off going forward as opposed to like if they fail and you have to go back in and start the process over again. Like these are our players and these are young players that we bought for the future. So you obviously want them to work, but uh, I, I got, I got faith in him. All right. I I, I, I do as well. Like Arch is there physically. Both of them are not there. Um, they get bullied a bit, but the talent is obviously there. Um, and I'm not disagreeing there. You know, I think Carvalho was quite light. Elliot can be at times. They both get away with it a little bit because they're they're really good at taking the ball off people. And when they take the ball off people, their first touch is usually really good. And it either protects the ball or it gets them away from somebody, you know. But again, that got, like we're, we were talking so much last night about loose passes, passes that weren't fizzed into people, looked a bit off and stuff like that. And, you know, at the moment, we're judging these two players in a, in a side that aren't, at their optimum, like that, they're, they're way off their optimum, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I think with these two lads in particular, and even if Calvin Ramsey comes in and plays some games, you have to, you have to take it with a pinch of salt and say to yourself, "Well, look, you know something, they're being thrown into the deep end here." And a lot of people would say, "Well, you throw them into the deep end, the, the, you know, they swim or sink, you know, sort of way," and and that's okay at times. But when you're throwing two lads in like that, I think. You have to be patient, regardless of what's going on around the rest of the club. You have to be patient with these sort of players. And I don't think Klopp's the type that'll turn around and panic and say, oh, we need to do something. This isn't going right. And I've identified Harvey Elliott and uh, Carvalho as the problem. I think he'd either identify problems elsewhere. And would, honestly, I think he'd look to go, well, why, are, why, are, why is this happening to these two? It's probably happened because they're not being protected. The style of play we're playing, where we have them on the pitch, what we're asking them to do. Is it wrong? Do we have to ask ourselves some questions before we ask questions to them? And I'll keep saying it till I'm fucking blue in the face. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. They're in that team. They're in that squad for a reason. And I think they've every right to be there at the moment. And Harvey Elliott hasn't been bad this season. Carvalho's been a, a bit hit and miss, but he's had he's had limited opportunities. But as the season goes on, Liverpool are on a good run. I promise you, if Liverpool are on a good run between in the next, uh, we've only what, probably four weeks left. Yeah, we do. Four weeks left yeah. until, until the World Cup breaks up. If Liverpool are on a little run over the next four or five games, you'll see more of Elliot, you'll see more of Carvalho. And I think you'll actually see more of the impact that they're looking to have now and going into the future. Yeah, if they're if they're going to be big game players, 
what's coming up is going to be a perfect opportunity for one or both of them to step up in some big games and start to show that they can they can be there and they can be counted on uh, when the chips are down. So there was a comment back here that I wanted to touch on. Where did it go? It was a front. Yeah, cutting our losses. That was Arch saying, you know, Curtis Jones, don't get me started. I feel for him, but we might have to cut our losses with him. Otherwise, it might be a bit late, like Ox, Nabby, Phillips, and Origi. It's the way it goes with young footballers, unfortunately. Uh, I, I plan on talking when we get into the midfield about Curtis Jones a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But it's you have to take your shots with them. Think around the league and look, every team pretty much has players like this. You know, Foden is City's only player that they haven't had to buy. He's their he's, only player that's come to their academy. He's a fucking fantastic footballer. He's unbelievable. He's, he's an unbelievable. Fantastic They've done... footballer. Yeah, it's. I. I don't think many people doubt that Julian Alvarez is going to turn out to be a pretty great player for City, and it's going to save them in a few years. It's going to have saved them fifty, sixty, seventy million to not have to go and buy a player like that. Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, you know Smith Rowe before he got hurt. Like, there's young players bouncing around all over the league. Like, we don't like United, but Anthony Alanga. He didn't have anything to be embarrassed about, about how he performed for United at the end of last season when he was being thrown in again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So like, this it's part of the joy. To me, it's part of the fun of supporting a football club is you get these kids that come through and, you know, at the start of the season, you're telling yourself that Samid Yesel might actually be the solution to our goal scoring problem. And then <laughs> two years later, you're struggling to I remember. Rem- uh, yeah. You think Samid Yesel is bad? I remember um, uh, Laurie Della Valley. Um, playing as as a U player, um, I think I want to say he was from Finland. Um, Laurie Daly Valley, blondie fella, and he was bashing in goals for Liverpool's youth teams. And I was like, this guy is going to be like anyone I could talk to. I was like, watch this fella, watch this fella. I think he ends up going to Fulham as part of a deal for a player we took in from Fulham. Um, I can't even remember what player it was now, but he definitely goes the other way where we sign someone from Fulham. Oh, I don't know who we've even signed from fucking Fulham, but um, John Arisa? No, John Arisa went went to Fulham. Went to Fulham. The only one I can think of was Steve Finham, but I don't think it was that far back. He goes to Fulham anyway. Um, there's probably somebody really obvious that I'm fucking forgetting, but yeah, Laurie Della Valley. I was like, well, like what a player, and he just disappeared off the face of the earth, like very so so quickly, and and that can happen to players. <clears throat> that that can really really happen to players, and. But these seem too far in for it to happen. You know, if if these were like, if these were at Kay Gordon stage where you've got one or two games and you kind of exactly. go, you know, oh, will he, will he be back in? Now, I understand Kay Gordon's had an injury. Um, but if they were at that stage, you kind of go, I'm not sure he's getting too many games. But these are too far invested for me to see what happens. But one. Koncheski, uh, no, apparently. Koncheski, you went the other way. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It's uh, a part and parcel of the game. It's Kevin Stewart. Hey, man, there's some there's some bad names that come through there. But, I mean, that's – how old was Michael Owen when he broke through? 17. 18? Yeah. Like, sometimes you just hit on a player that can do it, you know. It's Neil Mellor, same thing didn't work out like you just have to you have to take the roll of the dice but the fact that we went out like the best case scenario is that in five years Fulham fans are sitting around going can you fucking believe we only got 20 million for those two players that are tearing it up for Liverpool like 
that's how you want your business to work of yeah yeah not being not having teams be like yeah you know that was a fair trade you know a fair transfer for the value that they became like i'm certain that roma would have liked to have gotten more money for Mozilla. yeah you know, but well, well, that's, he, that, that's that's where intelligent stuff comes into, um, you know, intelligent movement in the market. But when you look at Harvey Elliott, like even going even on that point, if you look at Harvey Elliott, like so highly fucking rated, like so highly rated, Liverpool got in there and got him, like Carvalho, so highly rated, like um, clubs everywhere wanted him, you know, and club and especially clubs, uh, you know, outside of outside of the UK because they looked at him and. He's the next one. He's the next one we're going to take and we're going to develop from 19 to 23. And in four years' time, after spending 10 million on him, he's worth 60 to 70 million quid. And when Borussia Dortmund starts sniffing around, that's when you know how high rated they are. And all I ask for people is to to look at them in... The light you look at these players in is that how young they are, how inexperienced they are at this level still, how Elliot a bit more than... Um, a bit more experienced than, than Carvalho. And... What are what the, the situation they're in at the moment? You know, I think it's only fair that we look and see these players in a in a properly functioning Liverpool side, whether that be now or whether that's next season when we try to like try to do some business in January and and August. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we we'll get into that. Um, probably now will we? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we're at the halfway point, and uh, this is normally where our ads go in, but. Mm-hmm. Much to the, I'm sure, relief of the watching audience Everybody. tonight, we don't actually don't actually have any ad reads tonight. So, in exchange for not reading the dreaded IP Vanish Paramount Plus, uh, they're not ad dreaded. We, lo- we love doing them. Oh no, I love doing it. I, I'm I had a great time. Them. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind them. The they just, they I was just, kind of bummed out when you like, said like, literally no they want tonight. they want me to sell all my possessions just to fucking keep this channel going. Um, <laughs> I heard you doing a Spotify <laughs> ad before a podcast. That was very professional. Oh, sounding. Shopify was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was asked to do a read. It wasn't only me. It was a lot of people were asked to do it, and I, I think they just insert them onto Air Podcast. I'm probably being heard somewhere else as well, unfortunately. But that's how it goes. Yeah. So it's, instead of the ad reads tonight, how about everybody just uh, hit the old like button there? See if we can pump those numbers up. It said <laughs> last night on your show. I think if any of our shows hit a thousand likes, you become the new team doctor. Because for some reason, they still haven't hired a a new doctor yet. Get out, cat. But uh, you've been running a uh, little prize giveaway for the mm-hmm. last couple of days, yeah. and it is draw time. So. Um, so those of you that followed uh, BookmakersTV.com and the uh, LFC Day Trippers Twitter feeds were entered. Those of you that entered Secret or Bobby as the uh, words in the comment section after the show's last couple nights were all entered in. Yeah, and if they, uh, if, if they if they like if they followed on Twitter, they got one entrant. If they typed in Secret, they got another entrant, and then if they done Bobby, they got another one. So you weren't limited to oh, your your name is up there once. So people, so a couple of people have been in twice, some three times as well. So this seems I, like have, I wasn't allowed to enter. This is shenanigans. Um, yeah, you weren't allowed, and I seen a couple of air lads throwing their fucking names <laughs> in, and I was like, you get the fleeing grip with you. You're not getting this. So what we done was um, seventy two. I have seven. You, you, you haven't seen these now because I've just written them down today. Like, yeah. Hands killing me from writing them down. Um, but I have seventy-two names in front of me. Seventy-two, one to seventy-two. Um, they were written down in randomly, and all I want you to do is give me a number between 
one and seventy-two. That's all you have to do, and I'll do everything else. One and seventy-two. Ah, man, it's it's a pity that the comments are so delayed that I can't just throw it to the crowd. One and seventy-fifty. Fifty. Number fifty is Megan McCallion. Ooh. Megan McCallion. So can I hold her up to the camera so people can see that? Mm. Don't, excuse me, Ryan. Where am I going here? Over. Um, there, number 50. Megan number McCallion. 50. Yep. Oh, Jake, you were so close. So close. Good around you. Oh, yeah. Also very um, close. So Megan McCallion wins that prize. The prize is from bookmakerstv.com. Um, and the prize is a secret short from the Secret Short Company. Follow... Gamble responsibly. Always gamble responsibly. But bookmakers.com TV, I've actually looked looked them up. They're, they're really good because when you go onto their website, they give you all the special offers if you want to sign up to be to gamble, which is good. You get all the different offers and stuff like that. And But they're also like a comparison site. So what they do is they, um, if you go on and you want, I don't know, Liverpool 3, Man City 3, you can go in and find all these odds from all the different places and you can find your best odds and stuff like that. So they are good if you're like, if you if you're into gambling. If you're not, that's absolutely fine. If you're into gambling, give them give them a look because, like I said, if, if you're opening a, a gambling account, they give you all the comparisons and if you're looking for odds on different events, um, both here in America and stuff like that, um, yeah, they're good for that as well. And the, I have to say, the um, I love these, you see, Keith's probably the man for this, but I love yeah. all the all the you know the secret show companies and the, all these sort of companies. I love them because you get you get caught down massive rabbit hole with them, massive. Like we we looked after Shawnee for his birthday, um, with another company, and like literally me and Keith were hours on this on this website, just like literally taking screenshots of these jerseys and sending them to each other. Um, so yeah, like it's it's um it's it's brilliant. So. Um, check out uh, Secret Show Company as well. They're very reputable. Um, the 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 Megan is going to have to let us know for sure what she ended up getting in the. Yeah, so I think what happens I, is I think what happens is you're you can actually give them a list of clubs or leagues you don't want, and then they ah. yeah. So it's not a case of off. Oh, I'm about to get in United's fucking away jersey from '97. Um, it's basically I think you can go in and you can you can stipulate a couple of things. You know, so you you don't want. Uh, Manchester United, you don't want the Premier League. Everything. You know, yeah. you could just say, I don't want Premier League, I don't want Serie A, and I don't want Holland, or wherever it might be. And then you just give them your size, and that's it. So Megan McCallion wins. I'm going to um, get Megan McCallion's details from her and get them sent off to bookmakers.com TV, and they will organize it with her. So well done to Megan, and thanks to everyone okay. that watched and entered. And we'll try to do more of this as we go along. We're trying our best, um, but well done to Megan. Yes, congratulations, Megan. Uh, all right, we got 25, 20 minutes left to go here. You wanted to talk. I don't know how we've come back full circle to this already after two weeks, but uh-huh. you wanted to talk about our tenuous midfield and where it's going. Well, midfield talk. Yeah, midfield talk. I think what we've done over the last couple of months, um, and not only us, I'm, presu- I'm presuming there's other YouTube channels or podcasts out there um, doing the same, where we've talked about, we've talked by looking backwards. And what I mean by that is, why did we do this in the summer? Why did we sign this player? Why did we get rid of this player? Why did we do this? And it's always, why didn't we do? And I kind of said to myself, well, let's put the question out there, what should we do? 
And what I mean by that is January is a transfer window. And obviously next summer is a transfer window. And I wanted people to, and it's out to the chat, people can throw it in there what they want. But I wanted the people to look at what you could realistically do. And I'm not, like people are coming, I don't want people coming along going, well, just sell um, him, him and him and sign De Bruyne, sign um, this player and this player and Bellingham and, you know, it, it doesn't work like that. So what I want, well, me and you are going to do it as well, but look at the midfielders we have, okay? See where we are in January. What would we do in January? Who would we bring in? Would we let anybody go? And who would we let go in summer? And who would we bring in? So you're literally... I think we've eight midfielders on the books at the minute. Yeah. We're going to we're going to have a list of eight come the start of next season. And who would those eight be? And what reasons would they be? And now, um, you know, you will get people going, oh, we'll sell Henderson. Well, I wouldn't sell Henderson, but I would change his role within the squad. So you can do things like that as well. Um, Kevin Ball just wants uh, rid of Ox and Naby and Arthur and get one or two in minimum. Um... Let me see. Um, so, I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. I'll let you have a little think about it. And this is what I do with the midfield. Okay, so, I'm going to start off with the players that I feel will be there at the start of next season. Okay? And then I'll, I'll kind of put through what, what I think, where they'll be, right? Okay. Fabinho will be there at the start of next season. Yeah. 100%. I think Henderson will be there at the start of next season. I think Thiago will be there at the start of next season. And I think Elliot will be there at the start of next season. That leaves us Jones, Milner, Keita and Ox. All right. Now, Cordis Jones is a talent. He's played on a lot of games for Liverpool, I think, at this stage. 100, I think. Yeah, he's he's progressed. I think his progression has regressed over the last year. Um, last season especially, I thought he was really. I thought he was really good in that uh, 2021 season when we were all over the place. So I, I really liked him. I think he's regressed, but I think he stays. All right, I think he stays. I think the injuries we've had. You know, he gets a frequent in the eye, doesn't he? And he's had a couple of issues since. And you know what? Um, you people go on about loyalty and stuff like that, but it has been a couple of injuries. But I think he'll just about hang on, right? Just about hang on for next season. I don't think James Milner will be there. Okay, come to start the next season. Naby Keita, there's a lot of talk around his contract. He won't discuss a contract till January. I think Liverpool will sell Jan- Naby Keita in January. Okay, I think they'll sell Naby Keita in January, and I think Ox will leave at the end of the season because Keita still holds more value than Ox for me. And if they are going to look to get some money back on anyone, I think it might be Naby Keita. So I think Naby Keita will go in January. And I think Ox will live at the end of the season. So that would leave us with Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Jones, Elliot. Right? And we've trio. So we need to bring in three midfielders for me. I think we definitely need to bring... And, and I'm not even putting Marta Mello in there because I, I can't see him playing for Liverpool. Okay? Yeah. I just I just can't see him playing for Liverpool. All right? Um, so that, that for me, I think we need to bring in one in January and I need, we need to bring in two in the summer. Like for like numbers-wise, but, you know, if we, 
if we've someone in instead of Keita, we're getting more out of them. And if we bring in two for Milner, who's aging, and Ox, who's just not there, um, I think we end up with a really good, solid eight players in that midfield. All right. When it comes to who you sign, I think that this is the hard, always the hardest for me because <clears throat> to try to be realistic in midfield, I think it's hard. And especially when you have the Joe Bellingham thing hanging around here. Right. Now, the long term, the long time rumor around Joe Bellingham is that when Jurgen Klopp said we looked for another player, but he wasn't available, he's talking about Joe Bellingham. I believe that. I think he's absolutely made to play for Liverpool, both in the profile of player and what the club could make of him. You know, as in we have Joe Bellingham playing for a team, image rights and all that sort of stuff, because they always think of these things anyway, right? I don't think Joe Bellingham goes for anywhere near €150 million Euros for a start. But I want him to play for Liverpool. All right? So I think I would make him my number one target next summer. Number one. Okay? And I want I want Liverpool... I would like Liverpool to literally make this a deal on its own. That does not affect what you do anywhere else. This is a one-off where you're signing a guy for no, that's 19 that could literally play in your, in your midfield judging by the age of a summer around midfielder for 15 years. All right? Yeah. So I think Bellingham should come in. And I think if you bring him in, you're you're basically bringing him in for the likes of a Keita. Okay? So you're looking for someone to change. I think Henderson should end up in the Milner role within the squad. That's where yeah. I think he should end up at the, at the start of next season. Because Henderson, if he goes to the World Cup, it's his last major tournament for me. And that's where I think you start. People would say, oh, when he when he's out of international, you know, he it, it lengthens his career, prolongs his career. I think we're, I think you'll see a winding down a little bit of Henderson's um, involvement, not involvement in the squad, but where he, where he sits within the squad. And you have to remember that if you're bringing in a Bellingham and you're bringing in maybe two more, that's just a natural thing. You know, and if Jordan Henderson can come off and, and absolutely prove us all wrong. You know, the sort of way. But I would like to see Henderson in that role. The other two, you have to bring one in in January and you have to bring someone in with legs. You just have to. So I'm going off key plunker here and I'm saying Saucedo off Brighton at 50 to 60 million quid. No, no, no. I love it. I just want to say on that, nip it in the bud because somebody in the comment mentioned it earlier. I think Enoch Mwepu having to retire might kibosh that. Mm, it could. It could. I think that might scupper that deal completely. It could, but if Saucedo wants to go to Liverpool, he will go to Liverpool. End of story. That's how it works. That's how football works. As much as, yeah. you know, it, uh, it's a really um, honourable thing that, oh, I'll stay because we've lost this player and, like, I hope when Wepo gets looked after and where, in whatever form that he wants to pursue his career within the, f- the game of football. But if he wants to go, that's what I would do. Because there was Mormons at the end of the transfer window that we were looking at Saicedo, 50 million. I think 50 to 60 million does it. All right? And I think I think that would be a huge boost to the midfield in January. I think he's he's really fucking good, Saicedo. And yeah. and that's only me watching him. Uh, Jonathan says someone with legs would be a good idea, Gav. Well, yeah, 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 I know what you mean, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Smart ass. But 
I just think that's a huge boost for the for the midfield. It's a huge boost for the squad for another player to come in. Um and it's it's getting one out of the way before the summer. Okay. Now, if you add Bellingham and Saicedo to that midfield, you have Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Jones, Saicedo, or Saicedo, Bellingham, Elliot. Then you're looking for one more. And I'm not looking for someone young and, you know, like around the Bellingham type. I'm not looking for someone. I think this is the hardest one. I think this is the hardest one to do. It's definitely needed. It's definitely needed. Um, but this is where I struggle a little bit because I look I look at Fabinho, Henderson, and if you're going with two midfield, I'd probably like to see someone more defensive. And I'm only saying that because you might have to start looking at future-proven that Fabinho role that I think eventually Klopp will go back to with his sitting six and two ahead. But if you have the two ahead and one is Bellingham, and one is a Saicedo, or you have a Thiago there. You've you've so much energy and creation in front of them. That's what we used to have, and that's where we're trying. To, that's where we are trying to get to. You know, a dominant midfield at the base, um, loads of energy on one side and creation. And I think if you have that, if you had that mix, I think it'd be great. So I'm looking at a defensive midfielder. That's where I would look. I, where I would go. Um, Kevin Ball says Limer on a free makes the most sense. The guy with the spotty and injury history is Naby Keita. Yeah, he, he, is ha- he has. He has got that. Midfield? I'd like them to go and have a look at. Um, and this is a real future proof. And I'd like them to go and have back and have a look at the guy off. Is a Sangara off PSV? I'd like or them to today. probably go back and do something like that. Now these names are only names in my head because of style of player. You know, I think the style is probably more than the player, the player's name for me at the moment. So um, I, I, I got, I got two names for you then. Okay. Tyler Martin, Stefan Bajcetic. Yeah, Tyler Martin. One of those, I think one of those two players. So as you were going through who you think is staying, who you think is going for next season, I was kind of doing the same, and uh, I agree on the three that go. Uh, I also agree about Navi Keita. I think he came to some sort of pre-contract, pre, some pre-pre-contract agreement with the team, probably in Germany, mm-hmm. and let Liverpool know about it. Like, it's, I don't think he's, uh, I, I don't think he's injured, really. Maybe possibly, maybe Navi Keita injured, but I think he's made it known to the team that he doesn't want to play for Liverpool anymore. So I think with that in being understood, I think we ship him out for 12, 13 million, and then he signs a contract with whichever team in January. Um, <coughs> and for this fifth year in a row, I'm going to say there's no way Oxlade Chamberlain is a Liverpool player after the next summer window. You know, he keeps surviving. He's like a cockroach after a nuclear apocalypse. Like, I thought Ox's career with Liverpool was over yeah. years and years and years ago, and he keeps coming back. Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't be upset. Like, if if we take it to eight, nine players, to me, a big question is is if we shift formation permanently. You said towards the end there that you think that we're going to end up eventually going back into that 4-3-3. Yeah. I'm not entirely so. convinced on that. Like, if you find – because to me, it, se- it seems like it's easier to plug and play more offensive players. Like, it's easier to just take out – a Luis Diaz and put in a Diego Jada or take out Firmino and put in Darwin Nunez, you know, rinse and repeat book. 
taking out somebody out of the midfield, out of the engine room, or out of the back line seems like it causes a few more issues with the team. So if you're playing in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-2-4 formation, you've got that many more players, you might only need seven, you know? Yeah, but... but you can thing, get away with eight is, and having one of them be a Morton or a Bicetic. Yeah, I just think if, the way we set up with the three in midfield, I think, I, I personally think the reason he's gone to two midfield is because if he puts the three of them in there, I think they're all over the place. I think mm-hmm. I think they're all over the place. And I think, um, and it sounds stupid to say, oh, well, why is he only doing two then? The reason he's doing two is he's, He's doing two to sit deeper to protect his back four in a flat two. But he's also doing that, instead of doing that midfielder in front, he's doing a forward in front to try pressurise the other side. All right? To try pressurise the other side and try win ball higher up the pitch. Okay? And for, and that's why you have Firmino there because Firmino's excellent at dropping back in and sitting on a, on a defensive midfielder. And that's why he's doing it. I think, genuinely, I think if all these players were on form, I think he never goes near 4 2 four. Never, because he never did. He never did. He, he tried it once or twice when Jota came into the club, but then he got went away from it because he knew his midfield was so functional, loads of running, could press, could pin teams in, could get get hold of the ball and get it to the likes of his fullbacks who haven't been in great form, or to his wide men. One is only in the club six months. One hasn't been on form all year, okay, and one is one is left in in Sadio Mane. I think he's gone there. I think he's gone there to try protect but still be positive at the same time. You know, like, listen, he, he, he could absolutely stay on this 4 2 4. I've no problem with it. If he does, it's his fucking job to pick the team and pick the formation. And I'll still watch it every week, right? But I, I just, I think in the names that I've given you there in Saicedo, Bellingham, Barella has come up a lot. Barella will cost you a fortune as well. You know the sort of way, but, but like John was right. You know what I mean? If you look at the name, of, if you look at what we're trying to do here, it just, it does show the issues we have in midfield and that we need to sort in 12 months. And it's not throwing toys out of the pram and saying we've to sort it. We've genuinely got players that are out of contract at the end of the season and no sign of them signing them. Like Ox, no sign of it. Keita, no sign of it. Milner, 37 years of age. So there's three of them. That, and I, I'm not getting rid of these because I want them sold. I'm getting rid of them because their contracts are gone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's not like... It's and not like then they're here, not going to be offered. It's not, yeah, you know? but it's not like me sitting here having a vendetta against Oxley Chamberlain, Keita and Milner. It's not that. I'm literally looking at it in, in, you know, a realist sort of way to say, they are our contract. You know, and we're going to have to replace them. And the reason, and the proof is in the pudding when we still have Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, um, Milner at the moment, Elliot. We have enough to play three in midfield, but we're going away from it because we d- he doesn't feel he can put three of them together in the midfield at the minute because he's seen it as the evidence from the start of the season. Um, I still think he goes in a, in a defensive sort of mind. I get the Bajatic things and I get the... Um, the Tyler Martin stuff. Tyler Martin's doing very, very well at Blackburn. But again, yeah. he'd ha- he, but then he's the sort of fella that comes back next summer and you look at him and you, you assess, you know, the sort of way. Bajatich has been in plenty of squads, hasn't seen an awful lot of football. But in fairness, the, the form we're in, you know, would you do that to him? <laughs> do you know the sort yeah. of way? So no, it's, I, I think, I think he goes out on a loan next year to either a, 
a higher end championship team or maybe even somebody low down. It in could the be because he's, so, he's so young. I can see that. He's yeah, so young. He's, and, he, and even though he he's needs there. To fill up physically and just get minutes. Like he's at the age where he needs to be playing to get adjusted to how, like, as his body reaches its final, you know, physical form in terms of maturing, mm. he needs to, he needs to get used to doing that. Like it's why the, the loan move for Harvey Elliott was, was pretty great. And, you know, maybe in retrospect, maybe a loan for Curtis Jones might've been a good thing because to me, he's the big one because if Curtis Jones leaves, we have to sign an English player. We yeah, well, that, 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 and, and that's, well, that's where Bellingham like, comes in. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, Bellingham might come, but if Milner leaves, we have to sign an English player. Yeah. yeah. Our homegrown, we are just over Yeah, we the are limit. on that. We're um, on that kind of threshold. I mean, it's why we have 20 players well. registered. And Ox as well. Ox as well. Well, Ox hasn't been registered, so that's, that's okay. But that's but, only for the Champions League. I yeah. think he's he's still he's still registered as part. But like our our Champions League squad, we don't have the maximum number registered because we don't have enough homegrown players. Mm. You know, yeah. I think you can register twenty five or twenty three, and we're one short of that because we don't have enough homegrown players according to the UEFA classifications. It's just because of how they classify Fabio yes. Carvalho differently. Yeah. But, I but, think is what it comes down to being. But who is that? Like, so the question is, is like because you pose the question of who is that player, and to me. There's a, a type of player in the recent history that sums it up. It's a Ginny Wijnaldum. It's a James Milner. It's a workmanlike defender that you can put in, and they will run and run and run and run and run. Because if we're going to try to build a team that has guys like Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott in it, who are naturally more front foot, that want to take that ball and immediately go forward, you have to have other players like the amount we miss Ginny Wijnaldum, I, I think, is very underappreciated by Liverpool fans. Ginny Wijnaldum was I, I'm, a I'm not gonna, great player for this Yeah, game. I'm not going to argue that. I think, I think this, but you see, Ginny Wijnaldum leaves the club, right? And we can, we're not going to get into the whole Oh, he's gone. Fuck, debate he's dead yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get into the whole thing of why did he leave and stuff like that. Ginny Wijnaldum left, and I think part of the reason they were leaving is because they wanted to try something different. They wanted to try something where Thiago comes in for him and Thiago's more of a dominant on-the-ball player, more creative, and he wanted energy on the other side, okay? And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked overall, you know, the sort of way. And it's the timing of it now where it's, you know, you're looking at Henderson always have bundles of energy, but I think his energy levels have, have dropped considerably. Uh, Lazlo asks quickly, uh, or says, Bobby said himself he wants to finish his career. I'm I'm cool with that. Somebody else asked, would you extend? Ali says, I would extend um, Firmino's contract. And the reason, a couple of reasons. One, I think he's shown great form. I think he's being used in the right way at the moment, at the age he's at and the amount of football he's had. I think he's being used in the right way. But, but the development of Nunes, Carvalho, possibly Elliot, and anyone else that comes in to find that link between Liverpool's midfield and forward. I don't think there's anyone better around to to show that than, than Bobby Firmino and the sort of character he is as well. Like we talk about James Miller as a brilliant character in the club, and um, you know, but at 36, 37, Firmino's 31, and he's that as well. He knows his club better than anyone at this stage. He's probably is he the we last? You can't get rid of him now. He's well. well he's I think he might just be, learned enough English is he to the do only, a post-match interview. You can't get he, rid of him now. Yeah, that's that true. Is he is he the only player left? Bar everywhere with our players being signed by Klopp, I think. Milner, uh, not sorry, Milner, Milner and not Henderson. Milner Henderson, yeah. So yeah. He's, he, out of three, there's three of them probably that the only player left. Since the Rogers era, I can't think of anybody else. I, I can't either, but I could be leaving. This is somewhere. Laura Duffy's job. I, um, I haven't seen her tonight. I but, hope she's doing well. But the thing is, Milner's a bit. Milner's 
really about to leave the club. And Henderson, for me, will take a step back in in how um, many appearances he makes for Liverpool. And for me, you know, being used the right way, yeah, absolutely, I, I would. Um, absolutely, I would. I would. Um, you know, extend his contract. Like Firmino has a year left, or whatever amount of year left. Just give Firmino another year. They were an option for a second. Simple. Yeah. It's not. It's not much. Easy. And I'd say he's the type that will come along. And go listen. I'm on 150 grand a week. Let's do 110 or 120. Just like happen. just like Milner did. Yeah, yeah. Milner extended, but he reduced his salary yeah. by a pretty significant portion. Like, but I think, um, I think just like a f- yeah. Go on. Oh, I was going to say a final word on Curtis Jones. I think his time at Liverpool is punctuated so much by injuries at the absolute wrong moments. Yeah, he gets bad. You know, Gomez as well. Eyeball, Sorry, Gomez as well. Gomez was signed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Boy, Rogers, an old-timer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Curtis Jones will be at Liverpool. If he doesn't, if he's not good enough, he will leave Liverpool when the next one from the academy comes through. So whether mm. that's Morton or by Chad, so maybe that's two seasons. Maybe he gets two more years, and then that balance just flips where it goes, hey, Curtis, guess yeah. what? You're not going to make it here. We're going to ship you out, get $25, 30000000 million for you. But we have your homegrown replacement ready to come yeah. into the midfield. It is interesting, though. It, it is interesting when you look, when you actually talk about Bajatic and um, Tyler Martin, because I think he's, Bajatic is a bit younger than Martin, isn't he? There might be a year or so in it. But, year two, I think, yeah. Yeah, but, but you see, you see Tyler Martin come into the side last season and you see him get a few games and now he's gone off on loan and Bajatic's come in. And it'd be very interesting what they do because, Usually when they send a player out on loan, they're sending them out for a bit of a test, come back, see how he is. And if it doesn't happen, they'll move him on. Harvey Elliott has gone off on loan, come back and you see where he is. Some other players go out on loan, you think he's really good on loan. Harry Wilson, he goes out on loan and they go, <laughs> no, it's just not for us. And he goes. But Bacetic would be interested because I think if Bacetic stays next summer at Liverpool, he's going to be he's going to go into that kind of group where Curtis Jones and Quivian Keller were in, where we'll never send them on loan. He's good enough. We know yeah. he's good enough. He's staying here to learn the Liverpool way with us. And it'll be interesting next summer. So you'll probably see a decision on Tyler Martin next summer, long term, you know, as whether yeah. he stays at Liverpool or doesn't. But you'll probably see a decision on Bacetich because if Bacetich stays next summer, he's probably going into that, you know, uh, under that umbrella of he's never going alone. He's good enough. Because I think looking at him, yeah, he probably has to fill out a little bit, but I think he's good enough to go and play are a really high level now, you know, from what I've seen of them. Um, but look, uh, it do, I think we're all in agreement there's a lot to be done in midfield. But I don't think it's undoable. No, it's. I think you just need to find, uh, Kevo Sullivan put a pretty good name in there, Jacob Ramsey from Villa. That's Massive a good name. Money, though. Uh, come the end of the season, maybe not in January. You might not be able <laughs> to get him done in January. Like January, you might just have to go and do a veteran player you know there's got to be like i i don't know the ins and outs of the transfer market who's available and who's you know wouldn't be available but there's got to be somebody out there that's 27 28 years old that you can sign on an 18 month contract just to just to fill the gap in what we're missing because of injuries and things like that but like keenan dewsbury hall it's another name playing week in week out with lester sure seems like he can run a lot i mean he has to because lester constantly giving the ball away and you know having to defend a counterattack and things like that it's like it's the homegrown quota is going to be the big thing of just having to skirt that. And it doesn't have to be like somebody said earlier, like, you know, Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice of like, well, yeah, it would be great to get somebody like like Declan Rice would look great playing in a two with Tiago or Fabinho beside him. But are we going to go out and spend two, three hundred million 
on midfielders? No, I, I think I, I don't think so. I think it's actually your whole rebuild now is centered on the midfield. I think yeah. I think he'd be quite settled on the defenders he has, and I think he'd be quite settled on the attackers he has. Maverick says Liverpool yeah. playing badly, so we are slagging off all the players I've already left. Makes no sense. Let no. us know if that's Maverick, Maverick. You completely misunderstood what I said. I said. We're, we didn't appreciate just how great of a player Ginny Wijnaldum was for us. I don't see how that's slagging him off. Yeah, just the fact just, that I just um, tell us a bit more, Maverick. Tell us a bit more. Because <laughs> sometimes we read this and take it completely the wrong way. So tell us a bit more. Um, yeah, he could be responding to somebody in the chat. He could be, and we've just taken it. We could just taken it. In January, the best we'll get is another Arthur type. He says, uh, "Player, that's it. No point raising hopes up. We are not that type of team." I don't know. The Arthur type is what some people were saying. We need somebody, anybody. We got to sign a midfielder. We have to sign a midfielder. We signed a midfielder. He played 15 minutes in one of the worst games yeah, of the but season. The, but, and but now the he's thing, injured. But the thing is, right, I get all that, you know, sign sign anyone, sign this, sign that. But this, this has to be a really focused way of doing things. This isn't, this isn't like... Um, oh, we have seven really good ones and just sign anyone else because we need someone's a body in, right? This has to be really focused, the way we're doing this. We need to be looking at, I'm sure the club are, you know, what Klopp is or whatever, uh, recruitment team, whatever it might be. And and if the, um, oh, Maverick says the people in the chat, so we're off the hook. Um, oh, but, yeah, the gang of pricks. But, but, don't, but, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, right, Maverick, you keep going. Um, but it has to be really focused on what we're doing because this isn't, we're not just signing for signing sake. This this is like huge decisions because yeah. if you get these three right, okay, it makes it a lot easier when you see Hendo eventually drop out of a squad. And I'm saying this because of age over anything else. You see, does Jones make it? You see Thiago is, you know, 31, 32. If you get these three right, it makes it a lot easier to, to replace these players when you have to go and do this again, which is probably in another two years time. You know, sort of way. So you're actually, you're planning, you, you, you're trying to bolster for the players that are leaving now, but you're also trying to future-proof for two years, another two years down the line where you're probably going to have to do another two. It's a massive revolution in midfield you're going to have to see. And it has to start in January for me. It just has to, because you can't leave this the way it is. Like, I'm going to be hand on heart. If we go into next season and Milner, and no offence to Milner, I love Milner, but Milner, Kate or Oxley Chamber are an option for us going into into and, and I think and by the way, I think Kate is a really fucking good footballer. Like he has everything. I think I think we're gonna see all three of them play before the World Cup break. No, no, I no, think no, there's no. gonna be I'm games not talking, where Navi, like I'm, this I'm not season, no, I'm not I talking mean, about the, the, this this I'm talking about at the start of next season, hand on heart, Milner should not be in the reckoning to start for Liverpool. Right? No. Oxley Chamberlain, who is so unlucky because he's so good in 17 and 18. Like, he's so fucking good, right? Injuries have killed him. We cannot rely on that anymore. Sorry. And Keita, I think, has all the tools to be a magnificent midfielder at Liverpool. But again, we cannot keep him fit. And I don't care who you sign. You know, if if you, if you sign Bellingham and another one and you still have these guys here, that's where it's going to kill us. That's where it's going to kill us. And for the better good, Going forward, over and over, from the start of next season onwards, we cannot carry these people. We cannot carry them anymore. We need to be ruthless, but we need to be very, very focused on what way we want to do this. 
Yeah, it's we we don't have to carry it. Like we have been carrying them, and it's the argument that people have made to you on shows in the past of like, you know, why didn't we just get rid of these guys? Like, like, well, first off, that costs money. Like, if you go to the owners and say, "Hey, we don't really like these guys. You want to just stroke them a check for four million dollars so that they don't have to come to work anymore?" Most business owners would be like, "Excuse me, you can't come to some level of compromise where I don't just have to give this guy a pile of money and then he doesn't work for me anymore." So that was never going to happen. But like you said, all their contracts are running out. So I, I, I tried for years to give Kate the benefit of the doubt. And now I'm at the point where I'm not going to be fuming when we see the team sheet for that Derby League Cup game and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is in the midfield for Liverpool. You know, yeah. or something like that, you know, or we, we have a game and Navi Keita comes on as an 85th minute substitute into the midfield. It's not going to make me upset because they are still at the end of the day Liverpool players, but I've been done with Ox for years. Keita is now at the point where it's time for him to go. So we don't have any other options. So like, they're not stupid, man. They just, they can't be stupid. Like there's no way our ownership is that stupid that they could fumble the ball on that that they can't write eight names down on a piece of paper and cross out the ones that aren't going to be there and not see that there's a problem so keep the yeah. faith gaff that's the main thing you gotta keep the faith <clears throat> um john says did you see the one of tony evans's tweet the one that interested me was him saying that people in boston assuming the owners feel that people on merseyside are deflecting blame for a poor start what does that mean i read that slightly different john i read that as boston red sox fans feel that the the poor start at Merseyside is deflecting from the issues at the Boston Red Sox. That's what I read that as, but I could be wrong because I haven't got ah. a fucking clue about baseball. Well, the, the Red Sox were fucking terrible this season. They but that, somehow that's ended what up I, being the worst listen, team in the division. That's not me trying to sugarcoat anything or, or, or rose the red tinted glass on. That's the way I read it. Um, but I could be wrong. I thought it was like, um, you know, Liverpool is deflecting the issue that Liverpool is deflecting away from what needs to be done in Boston, i.e. the Red Sox. But I, I could be completely, completely wrong on that. Um, so look, I think that's been a great chat. Um, I think, yeah. I, I think, I think it's fair to say there's work to be done. I think it's not impossible, but I'm going to put it out there. I think, I think they just have to go and get Joe Bellingham. Do it as a completely yeah. separate deal 100%. to anything that you're going to do, and then look to bring two more in. Um, between now and I think one in January and I think two in the summer and you're replacing three for three and you're getting you're getting the age of this midfield down you're adjusting people's roles within the squad and then it gives you a little bit of breathing space for probably 18 months later when you probably have to do this all again so there you go right it's you think that's bad at some point we got to start thinking about who's going to be our number three, number four center halves, and that's thinking that Joe Gomez and Ibu Kanate are both going to become our one and two center halves. Mm. You know, Joe Matip picked up an injury again. Last season was a freak occurrence where a guy that was constantly injured managed to go through an entire season and not pick up an injury. Well, now he's injured again. So we need to start, like, Seth Vandenberg, what did he do? His Achilles, his ACL, something like that? He's out for the whole season. Yeah. You know. That's another one of our young players there. Like Nat Phillips just isn't quite good enough. So, you know, we got to like Billy Camecio, the few times he's played. Yeah, but not it's, it's, not exclusive so, like, to, it's not exclusive to Liverpool. Like if you, no. if I sit, if I, I'm sure if I sat down here an Arsenal uh, fan, a City fan, a United fan, whoever, Spurs, although majority of them are doing really well, they would still go, yeah, but we look, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. And over the next year to probably three years, you're going, 
there's eight of them need to fucking go for they're getting on they're not as good as they used to be so it's not exclusive to Liverpool it's just it feels that way because we're Liverpool fans you know so Um, Uh, Paul Smith says sorry to say it again we're not getting Bellingham we should be in the conversation Paul Um, as far as I'm concerned it's 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 one of those one-off things where we should be in the conversation but I'm not saying you're wrong I think he wants I think he wants to come to Liverpool I think he wants like if if Liverpool missed out on the Champions League I think it's more likely that he stays another year at Dortmund than he goes to a United or a Real Madrid. I think he wants to play for Liverpool. I don't know what he wants to do because I I, I always say it, in all this that's gone on, there's a lot of presumption done by myself as well. Like I presume when Liverpool talk about there's a player we want, he's just not available. I'm, I'm like, it has to be Bellingham. It could be fucking anyone. You know what I mean? It could literally be anyone. But I kind of go, well, it has to be Bellingham. Um, but through it all, I'm yet to see any quotes from anyone. And when I don't see quotes or I don't see, I just, I'm a bit old school like that where I go, no one said fucking anything. You know the way? And when no one said anything, I'm kind of going, yeah. Well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But Liverpool should be all over. Like it's just, it, it, you see him now and, Sean, he's even said it to me in the last couple of days. Like, Gav, this fella's having the breakout season. We hope he didn't have. You know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Watch, like, just watching him in the Champions League, he's he's just he grabs the game and he just controls the game. And for such a young age, it's such an important position on a big stage. Like he's extremely impressive. Yeah, he's extremely impressive. And I think I I 100 agree. I think he's just the one that you got to go. And if it costs 100 million euros, you just pay 100 million euros. Yeah. Well, the US dollars the US dollar is doing great compared to the euro right now. So for having American owners, this should be helping us. Hmm. Um just earlier there, uh Paul Varzigi asked uh if I could give any insight on, you know, the Red Sox baseball fan thing to it. It would be like imagine if after we won the Champions League, we had sold Mo Salah to Chelsea. And then Chelsea went and won two, three Champions Leagues after that with him being one of their best players. It's kind of what they did. Like baseball is very different because of how contracts are linked to age so much. You really you really don't see like 20, 21 year olds in baseball getting played ludicrous, ludicrous amounts of money. You have to put in the years first before you get these big payouts. And so it's a constant like you hit a run of kids that all get to the same age and then they need to be paid and they all can't get paid at the same time. So you have to break the core of your team up like arsenal's young core imagine if they were all and they might actually all be due huge new contracts mm. next summer or the summer after well, there's that. talk on there's talk on saka and there's talk on martinelli and martinelli i think they're talking about quadrupling his money to 200 grand a week or something but that's yeah. still not so martinelli. now imagine imagine if martinelli goes to us and we go on and just dominate for years and years and years. How Arsenal fans feel about their ownership for letting that player go. Yeah. That was Mookie Betts with the LA Dodgers. Mookie <laughs> Betts was the best player in baseball, one of the best players in baseball. They didn't want to give him the huge contract. He went to Todd Bowley's Los Angeles Dodgers, and they're the best team in baseball. Yeah. And he's one of the best players in baseball. So yeah. I can get it, but baseball is so much more cyclical, and the Red Sox play in the toughest division in baseball. Like yeah. the teams they have to play the most are the best teams in baseball on average every season after season. So even though they came fifth out of five teams, it's not terrible. They'll be back because they have good owners that took a historic team 
built up its infrastructural foundations and have it on a very sound financial footing to always be one of the big teams in the league. Mm. And that's why I think FSG are good sports owners in general and good owners of Liverpool in particular is because they took us, they fixed our rotten foundation of this franchise, of this team, of the stadium literally, and put us on such a good position going forward. So that's that's why I'm. Well, that's, I mean, I'm waiting for my paycheck because I'm well, FSG. In. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you um, you mentioned that because we are doing an FSG show next week. Um, myself and Shawnee, I think, are definitely on it, and we're actually going to go and look for people that want FSG out and we want to talk to them. But we're going to do it in a way where we're recording it, but you can watch us recording it and you can come in and have your say as well. So we are going to do that next week, um, just to let you know. Um, are we done? Are we out of here? Yeah, I think we're done. Sorry, it's kind of jibber-jabber there at the end. Yeah, we could have went on because really I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, please hit that like button on your way out. We don't even have a charity partner to uh, push because Bobby's wish to walk has been granted. Yep. So uh, hopefully that's uh, taking place as we speak and everybody can have a Merry Christmas. Uh, obviously, just uh, a somber uh, notice to uh, the families going through the disaster up there in Creaselock. Uh, you know, Garmack out of the chat being connected to that. Uh, this is why this team's motto is you'll never walk alone. I mean, you can interpret that however you uh, want to, but I think in this case it's very fitting with that young Liverpool fan losing your life so tragically. And, uh, Gav, where, when's my toque getting here? Stop calling it a beanie hat. It's called a toque. The thing is gorgeous, and I can't wait for it. Um, the beanie hats, um, they are due in around the 1st of December. Um, very, very limited run on them. I'm not lying. Like, very limited run. That's why I got in. Soon yeah, you're in. You're, I, I know you're in. I know, I know a, few, a good few other people are in as well, but they're in. They're about €21 Euros to buy. Um but as soon as they come in, they're going to be shipped back out to the people that buy them. You can pre-order them now. When you pay, your name will be kept and will be sent out. Um, Gavin at weareliverpool.ie is looking after it. He's excellent at what he does. He gets this stuff in. It's He sends personalised notes to you when he sends it to you in a lovely weareliverpool.ie bag. So listen, if you want, the link is in the description there. The Linktree link is in there. The Linktree link is so handy because if you keep it on your phone, you click it, you find out everything about us, our latest videos, our latest socials, everything going on, contact details, whatever it might be. So look, if you want one of those, um, they're there. You can pre-order them. They're really, really nice. And as I said, get them because they could be gone really, really quick. Yeah. So I think that's it. Another fun viewer's voice. Uh, hopefully next week we can get a few brave volunteers to come on here and join us talking about uh, Liverpool's big victory over Manchester City that's mm-hmm. going to happen this weekend because I'm, I'm confident. I'm fully confident. Um. Yeah, anything else before we get out of here, boss? No, I'm done. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week on The Viewer's Voice. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.